name is Neil Middleton and every month we create informative content for you as we talk to important, influential and inspirational people from the world of bats as well as other areas of interest. To find out more about Batability, go to batability.co.uk. Now for the interview, let's do it. Hello ladies and gentlemen, we are doing Talking Bat today with David Kola of Elecon AG. Elecon is a company that I'm sure many of you will have come across. Um, some of you may not appreciate that the home of Bat Explorer and the home of the Bat Loggers, the Bat Logger family of hardware, that all comes from this company, Elecon. David, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Very good. Even during all these corona times, yeah so what's what, yeah so what's the situation like who you are in Lucerne in Switzerland are you in a are you in a big open plan office is it uh, no we're in small offices without any other people waiting for vaccines and hoping for a good summer yeah yeah because I mean the last uh, the last 12 months has been just been pretty dire and of course, you're, you're accustomed to traveling a lot, going to conferences and stuff like this with your work. I would imagine a lot of that stopped, has it? Yeah, no conferences at all anymore. And that used to be the fun part about working with bad people, seeing them at all the conferences, chatting up about new stuff and getting to know them and know what they want with new detectors. But they're trying to manage it all online and you know how's it going it's it's not as fun but we all manage yeah yeah no absolutely and uh, that that's what that's what we're trying to do here as well although to be fair to be fair the whole battability club thing was all born well before uh covid um we were just uh yeah fortunate with the timing that it was coming on stream just as people's businesses were beginning to lock down and stuff. But uh, anyway, that's not probably here to talk about because uh, the people that are in Battability Club already know all about that. What they don't know about David or what they maybe don't know that much about is you and Elecon. So what do you actually do within Elecon? Because you don't own the business, okay? Well, at least I don't think you do. Um, What's your position? How do you fit into the Elecon team? Well, I'm here for all the marketing stuff and all the communication stuff. So basically everything you read online or read in a manual or read on Twitter or Facebook or anything else, or when you wrote us an email, I probably was the one answering to you. So if it has something to do with communication, it ends up at my place. Okay. Okay. And what what makes you what makes you the guy for this? Is that because you're you've got a good handle of languages? Is it because you've got a good handle of bats? Is it because you understand the products, or is it all of those things and you're just a complete superstar? It's just that I really like those technical stuff. I like those bat detectors. It's it's something very interesting to be part of because before I worked at Elecon, I didn't even know that you can record bats at all. So I just like electronics and 
afterwards I also get to like bed. Wow. So how long, how long have you been at Elocon now? I'm kind of thinking, I mean, the first time I met you, maybe maybe three, four years ago. Uh, is that possible? Uh, had you been at be Elocon? I yeah. started five years ago with Elocon. Okay. Okay. And since then I've been to all the conferences. And what did you do before Elocon? What was your, what was your background before that? I was a marketing communications manager in a bigger company that didn't make such fun products as bad loggers. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And would you say you're a, are you, I mean, do you spend a lot of time using the equipment yourself? Or, I mean, are, are you somebody that's prone just if you're on holiday somewhere to go for a walk with a bat detector and make some recordings yourself? Or are you not Since quite that bad? Yeah. Of course, I always have my bat detector with me, but I have to admit I'm not that familiar with all the bats. For me, it's more like the technical aspect of working with these devices. Yeah. And I don't analyze all the recordings afterwards. Yeah. To be honest, David, either do I. <laughs> so sometimes there's just not enough time but, uh, but we're going to talk but we've got software like bat explorer that could maybe help us with that to a point we'll talk about bat explorer later tell me tell me a little bit about elicon the thing the thing that i hadn't appreciated until very recently was that elicon has been around for 40 years. Okay, 1976, I think it says on their main website that they were established. And I think I'm right in saying they're not just a, a bat detector, bat software company. They, they do other things as well. Do you want to kind of just give us a bit of context about the company as a whole? Yeah, we just work with electronics. So we make controls for um other devices like um washing machines for hospitals stuff like this but these are all just way more boring than bad detectors so it's lots of controls but a lot less fun no oh. nice conferences there yeah 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 i can't imagine as many international conferences for washing machine timers <laughs> oh i love it see if there ever was a conference like that david yeah yeah, mean you should mean you should go. Okay, we should just, go just to have a look how yeah, how yeah. it is. Yeah, that, well, that, that would be so good. Just this, but to us something. I bet the people at that conference, that washing machine timer conference, they would probably turn up at a bat conference and just think, "What the blazes is this?" Yeah, I guess but, there are no raffles and Irish dances at those conferences, so we don't want to go there. <laughs> Oh, excellent. So, and Elecon, they started before I got here with bat loggers. Uh, but this was just uh, a little hobby project. And then, once we made our first bat logger, that was before there was a bat logger M. Okay. It's just called bat logger. Um, they made this one product and then realized, well, that's something we're good at. Okay. Let's make more of them. Okay. And now we're here with lots of different bad products. And for all of us here is the bad logger part of Elecon is the most fun part. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. So, do, do you know, maybe you don't know the answer to this question because you weren't there, but, but if you did know the answer, it would be interesting. So someone many years ago in Elicon just decided, let's make a bat detector. Do you know where that thought process came from or that inspiration came from? Were they already into bats? Did somebody ask them to do it? Have you got any ideas? Um, we were working together with a university. They had a project where they wanted to record bats. And since we are good with all electronics, they asked us if we can do this okay. and we tried. We failed a couple of times and afterwards we had a product that was working. And okay. people using bat deductors said, well, this is recording pretty good. Can you make us more? And so that's how it started. If you're enjoying listening to our podcasts, perhaps you would also be interested in joining Batability Club. To find out more about Club, which includes hundreds of hours of accessible training resources available to you in your own time and at your pace, go to batability.co.uk. Thank you. And, no, where would you say that to the Batlogger products and Bat Explorer. Where do you see yourselves in the market? Do you see yourselves, I mean, I'm thinking from my marketing perspective and you'll be much stronger on marketing marketing models and stuff than I am, but do you see yourselves as a company that mass produces lots of lower end spec products or do you see yourself as a company that's producing good quality products but uh, the build is maybe slightly better and therefore they're slightly more expensive. I mean, where are you positioned in the marketplace? Well, we build all our bed lockers in Switzerland. So it's expensive Swiss labor. So we are not at the cheap, let's just make a million bed detectors part of the market. Um, we just make a couple hundreds a year but those are really good and they don't break. And if they do, we can repair them. Um, our wet loggers are, are out there for over 10 years and they're still working. And that's how we see a, a device like this. You buy it once and afterwards you can repair it forever. And you only need to buy a new one because there's a better product, not because yours is just obsolete because it yeah. doesn't work anymore after two years. So if if if, uh, if the bat loggers were, were motor vehicles, and I've got to be careful what I'm saying here, but I'm thinking about it from a British perspective, okay? But if the bat loggers were uh, were motor vehicles, you guys are building Jaguars, yeah, as opposed to you know Ford Focus or something like that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, no, that's really well. You know, I'm, I'm so glad I asked you about that because you've you've told me a few things there regarding yourself and the history of Elicon that, that I certainly didn't know uh, before. So uh, that that's that's been fascinating. Let's let's move on to yeah the software. Are you involved at all with the development of the software, or is that another department? What's um, I tell the guy who is developing this software what he has to do. Because okay. I get all the uh, input from our customers. They say, why don't we can do this? And I was like, 
I don't know. Let's ask. And we're, we're just a small company, so there's not a big software developing department. It's a guy and he's very good at doing it. So we're, we're really close from um, getting an, a question regarding software to having something new. It's just two steps. Yeah. So no, no big meetings before we just try to make stuff happen that customers need. But of course, since we are also just a small uh, company, not everything can be done as fast or too many updates in a couple of months. Yeah, so I, yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, the beauty of being small is you're maneuverable. You can, you can, if you want to, react quickly to things. Yeah. And you can make decisions quickly if there is a need to do that. And, and I would imagine uh, with software, it's, you're not relying on a factory to build something uh, when it's software. It's down to, does your guy have the technical ability to do it? Is the software's current build capable of doing the new thing? And how much time does the guy actually have or is he on holiday for the next two weeks or whatever? <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. So sometimes it takes just a little bit longer, but usually we're pretty fast in fixing bugs or making something new happen. And also with Bad Explorer, it was like this. We made a bad logger and then you got recordings and afterwards you needed something to analyze it. So yeah, we made Bad Explorer because yeah. if you buy a, a bad logger that's pretty expensive, it would be nice if you don't have to pay to analyze as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's really, it, it's interesting when somebody like myself looks at the marketplace, you know, yourself and your competitors. It's, it's interesting how uh, the main players from, a, well, the main players as perceived from a UK perspective, they all have a slightly different way of integrating the, uh, the arrangement with the customer between what you can do with the software and what you can do with the bat detector and what bat detector you need in order to make the software work. Now, with, with Bat Explorer, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but if someone's got a bat logger device, they pretty much get almost all of the functionality of the software for no additional fee. Is that correct? Or have that I got that correct, wrong? Yeah. That is correct. Our goal is that if you buy a bad logger, then you can get a software for free. Yeah. There is a pro version that you have to pay for that has some features if you really need them. But for the regular analyzing guy there, it's not needed. Yeah. You can do all the work you need with the free version. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been using Bat Explorer. Um, you know, it's one of my go-to software packages. I've been using that for maybe, well, probably since I met you. Okay, it was your fault. <laughs> but I've been using it for, what, three, four, five years maybe. And, um, and I've never had, I've never felt the need 
to use anything on what you would regard as the pro version for a backlogger user. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, yeah. Now, the other thing about the software, um, if you're not a backlogger user, uh, you can still use the software for .wav formatted recordings, but you've got to load the recordings up one at a time if they weren't recorded on a backlogger. Um, but you pretty much get full functionality with that. Well, full functionality for a single recording, but you've got to load. You've got to load it one at a time, and that's the point where, if somebody isn't using one of your machines, if they're using another company's machines, then that's the point where they then pay for the software in order to get the better functionality. Yeah. Exactly, and that basically comes down to. If you provide a software free of charge, then lots of people are going to use it who never bought your devices. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. But we have to um, give lots of support to those guys as well. And that's just very costly for us. And we have to figure out how we can still have free version and also not just give support to, to people who never paid us. Uh, yeah. yeah, something and, at all. And you know something, I don't think there is anyone out there, any, any sensible person that understands how business works or how finance works within a business environment, any sensible person can't really argue against that because uh, that software guy that you're talking about, he his salary needs to be paid and his time in order to keep the software up to date, to add the new features every so often, that all needs to be paid for. And if you're not selling the software, uh, well, if you're not making, if you're not using the money from the hardware that you're selling in order to finance the software, then we would have to pay for the software, wouldn't we? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think we, we find found a good compromise so everybody gets something and if they don't pay anything they, they just get a little bit less yeah yeah no I, I think i mean personally i i, I totally understand that I totally understand that and as i said earlier i mean different different uh, your competitors you know they, they all do things slightly differently and and of course there are some competitors competitors out there that really just focus on producing the hardware and they don't really produce software. And you've got other competitors that produce software but don't produce hardware. And yourselves, you're trying to do both of those things. And it's it's two totally different. It's two totally different approaches. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, the good thing about that is you can tune your software that it works perfectly with your own recordings. So yeah. Yeah. with this, it's not, of course much easier to analyze bad logger recordings with Bad Explorer than with another software. And the other way around, um, analyzing other recordings with Bad Explorer isn't that nice. So it works best if you use both of the same. But then there's just people who like other softwares more, and that's perfectly fine as well. 
Yeah. Nobody needs to use Bad Explorer if they have a bad logger. We have um, open file formats, so you can use any other software you'd like. Yeah. So we don't want anybody um, that doesn't want to use Bad Explorer. He just has to. So yeah. I saw something. Yeah, I saw something. It's interesting that you talked there about the file formats being usable elsewhere. I saw something on Facebook a few weeks ago, and it might have been you, you yourself that came in and corrected the situation, if I'm remembering it. But I think somebody was suggesting that files recorded on a bat logger the metadata wouldn't transfer over to Kaleidoscope or Anabat Insight. And they were talking about this Guano thing. But I think I'm right in saying that Batlogger-generated files uh, will allow the metadata to transfer to other software packages. Is that correct? Yeah, sure, sure. And we added Guano metadata support a um, couple of years ago or mm -hmm. a year ago, something. So we, we added it as well. Um, the only thing is that on the official side of the bad Guano metadata group, we're just not uh, mentioned there. But of course, we do that as well. So you can rec uh, analyze your recordings with other software. Okay. Good. Right, let's, let's move on and talk about some of the hardware. So these are, these are products that have been around for for a little while, some of them a little bit longer than others. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to confess, you know, I, I own a Batlogger M. I, you know, I have a very comfortable relationship with my Batlogger M. It's, <laughs> um, but I've, I've never, I've analysed and uh, done a little bit of training on analysis of recordings from, I think, the Batlogger C. I've never touched or had anything to do with the A-plus or the W-E-X, so I've got no practical experience of those at all. Do you want to just pick out things from these products and talk about them, just so that different people know what they're Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, the Batlogger M, it basically started with this device, not exactly this version, but it looks basically the same, so nobody really realizes that we made some internal changes over the years and made it better. And the C and the A plus have exactly the same recording system. They're just basically in a different box um, used for um, different applications. Those are for static recordings. So if, you, if you're not walking around, use one of the others. And the WEX is more for wind turbines. And I don't think that this is one for the UK market. So. Not really enough wind turbines in the UK, I guess. Okay, okay. I mean, we have had quite a lot of wind development over here, but maybe it's difficult for me to gauge how that compares to other. I mean, I know I've been to I've been to Germany, for example, and the part of Germany I've been to, there was like every every village appeared to have its own wind turbines. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so just starting with the Batlogger M then. That's a handheld device, yeah? yeah? Although it it could be set up as a static if somebody wanted to do that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is basically the device it all started with, so it can do the most because we adapted it over time so it can 
be used as a static if you have a waterproof box around it. And that's why we built a so-called strong box with additional batteries and waterproofing the device. So this, this device is basically for anything, okay. if you want to, but it started as a mobile device for transacts and stuff like this. I was just saying, if it was getting used as a static, it's gonna need extra external battery support because the battery in the device would probably only last what, one overnight session, maybe? Uh, 18 hours, so two or three, depending on how long okay. your nights are. Okay, okay. And then the Batlogger C, that's that, that's a remote device, yeah? Is that how that works? That's, that's a waterproof device that has two internal battery packs for longer uh, recording sessions. And it also has um, a SIM card slot. So it can send you emails or SMS um, okay. about the status of the device how many recordings it made, how much battery is left, how much storage is left and stuff like this. Okay, okay. And the Batlockery, I don't know much about that at all. Is that similar to the C, but smaller? Yeah, that's a smaller C without the uh, possibility of uh, SMS or email functions and no external power. So the Batlocker C can be used with a solar panel, for example, and the Batlocker A plus cannot. Okay. So it's just and a static for five days. So five days, that's what I was going to ask, was how many how many days or nights it would last for. And I'm assuming with the C and the E, again, you can program these machines so they just operate at times of the day or times of the night yeah, sure. that you want yeah. them to work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the backloggers, I suppose the backlogger C, I was going to ask how many nights that would work for, but that would depend on the batteries you've put in, I suppose, does it, or? Um, with the internal battery packs, it's 100 hours, but okay. you can um, put external power on it with a solar panel, it runs forever. Okay, so then you're restricted by the size of the memory cards, I suppose, at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, so so that, that logger C, right, that sounds as if that would be quite suitable for a wind turbine site. What is the Batlogger WEX giving you that the Batlogger C isn't giving you in that respect? Yeah, the Batlogger C can be used in a wind turbine without any problems. But the only problem you have is that device is up there and you don't get to the recordings because you have to change the SD card at some point. Okay. And with the WEX, um, you can access the recordings over the internet. So install it once, and then you don't have to go up there anymore until you need to exchange a microphone or something like this. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And do either of these machines have a, the function whereby you could have the microphone on an external lead so the microphone could be higher up than the detector? The Batlogger WEX can have microphone cables up to 170 meters. Okay. okay. And the C is just a five meter extension cable. Right. So that's not really going to help you, uh, yeah. the five meter, but, but the 170, you could conceivably have that WE at ground level and the microphone much higher, well, considerably exactly. higher up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, what's the sort of cost of these things? Uh, do you know the cost in sterling, UK sterling? I mean, a, a backlogger is about one and a half thousand, uh, £1,500 roughly. Yeah. Um, it should, should be a little bit cheaper. Okay. I, th I think the price went down a bit there. Okay. And the backlogger C is a bit more expensive than the M. I would say £200 more. Okay. Yeah. And the bad logo A plus should be um, about a thousand pounds. Okay. And the WEX is more uh, like the bad logo C, depending on which version you have. Because okay. there we have a version with one microphone connectors, two or four. And okay. Then it gets more expensive the more microphones you can put on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Right, thank you, thank you. Is there any other products? I mean, we're going to go on in a minute to talk about the new product, but is there any, is there anything about your existing products and services uh, that you haven't mentioned so far that you feel would be useful to know? Um, well, we also have bad scanners. So okay. if you don't want to record anything and just want to listen to bats, those are really nice for that especially our stereo version where you can hear if a bat comes from the left side or the right side so you can see okay. much earlier than with a standard mono microphone okay so those bat scanners are they, they are heterodyne bat detectors are they yeah yeah heterodyne yeah. okay okay brilliant brilliant right let's move on to um sorry what's this what's next here we go yeah <laughs> yeah um Elicon, you tease, because I think it was just before Christmas. You're probably responsible for this, David, since you're the marketing department. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you released a little bit of a picture of a new device. And yeah, and that kind of got quite a lot of people kind of ooing and aahing and wondering, uh, what was it? And, and you began to... Uh, disclose a little bit more information on Facebook and Twitter as time went by, but it's only really been within a matter of weeks since you've formally announced precisely what this is and with all of its features and stuff like that. So I'm just going to say at this moment that I know it's a bat detector and I don't know that much more about it. I haven't seen one myself i haven't touched one myself yet uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the batlogger m2 here we go well at least i have one you got one <laughs> um we figured out that we needed a new mobile detector because um everybody with a batlogger m seems to be dropping them directly on the microphone and breaking its microphone connector so we needed a new device that doesn't break when you drop it well, you know what? I'm just going to cut in there, okay? I've, I've got I've got this big thing about bat detectors. Okay, so everyone in Batability Club, I want you just to listen very, very carefully. David, if you look at my screen, yeah. what is that What is that thing there at the bottom for? That little... Is that for a, a lead to attach to? That's for a wrist strap. A wrist strap, yeah, yeah. And that has got to be one of the most important features on any bat detector. As soon as you take a bat detector out of its box, the first thing you should do is stick a wrist strap on. 
And then you wouldn't drop the darn thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we have a wrist strap on the Batlogger M and people are still dropping them. So we have, we have to figure out the new solution. And I think we made a pretty good one. So just don't let the microphone stick out at the end of it and everybody should be happy. Yeah, well, we asked around on Facebook and all the conferences and everywhere we could, what should a bat detector look like for you guys? And we try to include all those answers into this new machine. Of course, we didn't have the possibility to include all of it because afterwards it would be way too expensive. But we, we tried our best and picked the best options we could find. Um, we made a new microphone that is easily uh, replaceable, it's repairable, and we made a device that you can hold in your hands comfortably because the Batlogger M is, is a bit hard to hold if you have small hands, yeah, yeah. I would say. Okay. Yeah. And since the design of the Batlogger M is from 2011, so 10 years old. Um, now we're able to make a little bit better stuff. So we have a device that has an intuitive menu where you can find anything you want easily. It's super simple to just turn it on and start recording. Um, you don't have to worry about all the settings you might have done wrong or not. So that's just how we think a mobile bat detector should be. Okay. And then some of you commented that they don't want to have these stupid uh, power chargers that only work with one device. So we fitted a USB-C port to it so you can charge it with your existing cables that you already have and okay. you can charge it from a power bank or with a car adapter or whatever you have there so it's always okay. up and running okay. right so I've got some I've got some questions for you then because uh, yeah right so first of all I am assuming it's recording full spectrum dot wav format files yeah perfect okay um you talked about the microphone where would you see the quality of that microphone being in comparison with competitors microphones or is that something that you haven't concerned yourself too much you've just gone for the best that you guys can do now a lot of people talk about the, the peterson the microphones and some of the peterson products for example being really top quality uh, do you feel you're kind of up there in terms of the quality? Um, we looked at our own detectors. We looked at our Batlogger M. We know we can make pretty good recordings with the Batlogger M. And we made a microphone that's at least as good as the M. Okay. So we're, we're pretty happy with that. It's okay. a different kind of a microphone capsule. So it's not exactly the same as an M. Okay. And in the higher frequencies, it should be even better. Okay, so is it quite a broad range of frequencies that it performs well over then? Or yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Next, next, next question. When you're listening to bat sounds on this bat detector, 
are, are you still using what I would call auto hit training? Is that what you're hearing? Is that hit training version of the call? Yes, and you can also um, listen um, with a divider function if you like that more. Okay. So that um, it's more than you could have done with a Batlogger M, but at okay. least the same. So you don't you don't miss out on anything if you want to uh, listen with the bat detector and you're used to a Batlogger M. So we've got real time. Heterodyne, which I would imagine that's what most people would, would use as the yeah. option. Yeah. Um, which, if you're listening and you're not sure what, what we mean by that, it's like a heterodyne bat detector that's just automatically changing in frequency to what it feels is the strongest call at any moment in time. So it's a bit like having a heterodyne bat detector, but you ain't messing about with the frequency dial. Um, I think that's a fair way to describe auto heterodyning. Um, yeah. Yeah. But of course, you can also tell it to only listen for a specific frequency if you want to, and you can change back to all the frequencies with one click. So, ah, okay, right. Well, I think that's an improvement on the M, then, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's much easier now. Yeah, that's <laughs> thanks to more buttons and a nicer display. Yeah, yeah. okay, talking about the display, and um, it was becoming a little bit fashionable for a in recent years for some manufacturers to produce bat detectors that had real-time spectrograms flashing through the screen. Now, I don't think this has that, so we're not seeing any spectrograms here on the screen. Is that correct? Of course we can show spectrograms on the screen. Yeah? Yes. But it's, it's not uh, like on the other detectors that you might know. We're not flashing them and through the display constantly. We make a recording and show you the best part of the call so you can have a look at your recording and see what it was. But it's not flashing around all the time, it makes you nervous. But oh. we can of course show the spectrogram of the, uh, of the recording which is made. And it also can tell you what bet it might have been. But that's the same as in Bad Explorer, that's not always perfect. And of course, we won't um, be able to mark every recording with the right bet. Yeah. So the most important word you used in two sentences ago there, okay, the most important word was might. Yeah. It might tell you what you've recorded. Yeah. And and that's not, you know, and I can't, I'm like, people on in club, Will have heard me and other people talk about this often. Um, an automated classifier for a, a, an animal or a, a group of animals such as bats that do very complex things in a natural environment with so many other factors impacting upon how a classifier might perform. You know, you're never going to get the perfect classifier. Even if you get a classifier that does eventually differentiate every single bat species confidently, there are so many other factors not to do with bats that can actually influence what the classifier is going to tell you. It might be you know, electrical noise, mechanical noise and stuff. Um, but I've got to say, I'm totally thrown there because, you know, I did do a little bit of research before this interview, okay? And I did see some Facebook posts a couple of weeks ago 
And I didn't actually grasp that you could get a spectrogram on that screen. That was something I didn't appreciate was there. That, that's because yeah. the firmware was just finished a couple of days ago, basically. So yeah. I couldn't post any screenshots okay. because I didn't know exactly how it would look like at the end. So yeah. that's why you didn't see lots of screens on those pictures. Okay. But we can do it, of course. And if it does annoy you, you don't have to have it there. So you can also yeah. turn it just off. Yeah. Because lots of people just want to listen. And that's fine with me because I like to just listen to bats and I care about the recordings afterwards. Yeah. So, but if you, especially when you're a beginner, it's much nicer to also see something. Yeah. It's much easier to understand the differences. Yeah. And I think this is where we have this, uh, this pulling in two different directions between the screen-driven spectrograms and the pure listening device. Because on the one hand, I mean, as you know, I do a lot of I do a lot of training and people development. And there's nothing I love more if I'm out with someone in the field and we're listening to calls, being able to actually show them the shapes of the calls and the repetition rates and all the rest of it on a spectrogram is really, really powerful. But but the conflict against that. Um, when you're doing consultancy work and you're paying someone to watch the side of a building for an emerging bat, which could happen at any point in time or it may never happen at all, every time they glance down at the screen, yeah. there is this risk that they might actually miss a crucial bit of bat behaviour that's actually relevant to the reason as to why they're there in the first place. So you've kind of got these two things pulling against each other uh, in the bat world. And some manufacturers uh, went quite heavy on the screen-driven approach. Uh, others um, no, have come up with some bat detectors where they've pretty much said, no, we're not doing that anymore, or we're not doing that for this make of bat detector, despite the fact that we've done it for others. But you now seem to be saying, with this device, you have the choice. Yeah, you have the choice. You can actually control whether that spectrogram is there or not. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the screen is there because you need it to um, go through the menu and choose the settings you want. And maybe you can, um, if you afterwards want to listen to some calls you made, you can also use that. So the screen is there. So mm -hmm. if you want to use it, you of course can. So be show quite some stuff on the display if you want to and if you don't want to you just don't have to okay so if you just want to listen that's fine with this device okay. and that's... what i really like is that it's not as nervous as other manufacturers that just have their spectrograms running through the screens and you yeah. cannot really see anything at all anymore so yeah. we just pick some um, part of the call and then you can see oh, well this was that bad and then you can also go back and see oh well no that was another thing and so yeah. I really like that approach but yeah. this really depends on how you exactly like your bad walks or surveys yeah yeah and I'm also I said to someone uh, well it was a course I was doing um, and it was about the screen stuff 
allows you to describe, you know, that's flashing through, you know, very, very fast. As, as a human being, you're able to deal with that for a small part of time. Yeah. But unless you can think as quickly as a bat, <laughs> you've only got so much memory retention as to what is fussing past. And there comes a point where you've then got to, if there's something that was interesting, you've kind of got to stop it and reverse it. And of course, by the time you've done that, you're potentially missing other things that are happening. But but I know, I think, yeah, I think I genuinely like the idea that this gives the user or the business who's got a team of people using device these devices, it gives the choice as to what you need the device for at a particular time and what you want the device to show at a particular point in time. Okay. And it, it always depends on what exactly your survey is about. So there are surveys where you never have to look on the screen because you're just um, walking around somewhere, listening, listening, and afterwards you analyze everything at home. So Absolutely. if you want to work like this, no problem at all. If you want to see something, also no problem. Okay. We try to mix it so everybody is happy. Yeah. And it's just your software guy that's come up with this again, is it? Of course. <laughs> Does he have a name? Stefan. Stefan. Okay, Stefan. Yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, right. Next question. Next question. Um, right. If you were charging this bat detector on mains, okay, so at home or in the office, plugged it into charge, uh, how long would it take to get a full charge? How long are we waiting for a full charge? Um, should be at 90% in about an hour. Okay, so that's pretty good. That's pretty, yeah, that's not, that's, not that's like better than a bat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's better than a bat. And no how long? Overnight charging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, with the bat locker red, you've kind of got to remember at ten o'clock in the morning that you're going out for a survey that night. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, once it's charged, a bat locker M will last many nights before you need to charge it again. Yeah. Uh, how how long? Does the M2 last for once it's fully charged? How many hours? Um, um, it depends on the display usage and stuff like this. It's a little bit less than the M. The M is 18 hours and the M2 is probably around 15 hours. Okay, but you can, but get, if... you can get out more as well, depending on your screen usage. Yeah. So 15 hours. I mean, if you've got an average bat worker doing consultancy work and then maybe doing five surveys per week and each survey is maybe two and a half hours long they're pretty much going to be charging this once a week in fact they might even get away with charging this even maybe almost once every couple of weeks if yeah, they're not yeah. using it too much and, yeah. and if you need to quickly charge it um on your drive to somewhere it's no problem using USB-C and the power bank or your car adapter or anything else like this so it's up and running in no time. SD cards, does it hold SD cards? Can you take SD cards? You can either just uh, go to the USB-C port and connect your computer there to copy the files off. Okay. Or it has micro SD card. Right, okay, okay. And... Uh, Obviously, that SD card, the micro SD card, does that come with the machine? Um, yeah, sure. 
Yeah, okay, perfect. Right, next question, next question. Okay, this is the one, this is the one that I know a lot of um, users will want to ask. We sometimes with a backlog RM get this issue where the, the sound recorded is too strong and we end up with aliasing occurring yeah. on the spectrogram. So in other words, it's, and we're not able to adjust the gain threshold. Is this something that you've chosen to take care of here or have you not chosen to take how how have you have you thought about have you thought about this? Yeah. Uh, after getting all those questions, can we finally adjust again? Of course we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're able to do that physically on the machine? Yeah. It's yeah. just in the software. Perfect. Okay. And I think I've got to say from my point of view, um, it's just a personal thing. Yeah. It's, it's the one thing about my backlog RM that now and again, it just records the bats too loud. And I just wish I was able to adjust the gain um, to get... That, that's yeah. just because you have to make a choice. Um, do you want to record as many bats as possible? Yeah. Or yeah. do you want to record nice recordings? Yeah. And we are just more on the, we don't want to mess the bat. Yeah. So we are on that side of things. And that's why the M is sometimes not making recordings that are as nice as they could be. But yeah. we record more bats with that. So it's, you, you cannot this, make everybody happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is the challenge with, uh, you know, sound physics. As soon as you try and solve one particular issue when it comes to sound, it has an impact on something else in the process. So as you move closer in one direction, you move further away in another direction. Exactly. And, and in so many different ways when it comes to sound-related subjects. Um, yes, I totally understand. But the main thing is the M2 has an adjustable gain setting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think you've almost sold me one, David. Okay. <laughs> um, so. but, but no worries. We will still be selling the M as well. So if okay. you're a happy M customer and want a new M, no problem okay. at all. And we will still repairing and servicing them for okay. years to come. So no okay. worries there. So those people that continue those people that continue not to wear wrist straps, you fools, okay? <laughs> those yeah. people that continue not to wear wrist straps and bust the microphones, uh, the microphones are still going to be available in the future, for example. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. So it's, I can totally understand why you're going to continue to send sell the M and the components and have the support in place going forward for the M. I totally understand that because you've got an awful lot of M users uh, all over the place. And why should they be forced to buy a new bat detector? You know, if what they've got just needs a different, like a new microphone or as a simple repair. But, but we're going to come to a point where someone's going to ask you, and I'm going to do it now, okay? If I'm sitting here today and I don't have either of these machines, yeah, 
why would I buy an M instead of an M2? Is there any reason why the M would be a better choice than the M2 if I was starting from scratch? Um, the M2 is at the moment at least only a mobile detector. So no strong okay. box, no extension cables. Okay. If you want to have a device that is also capable of doing passive recording, maybe the M would be better for you. But gotcha. I would say just buy two detectors <laughs> two and a static one. Because if you make the math, it's the, basically the same price afterwards. <laughs> you know, someone, David, David, you should be in the marketing department. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it really depends. If you don't want to have screen, if you're happy with the M and you want to have exactly the same as you had before, just go for the M. But just the new one is cheaper. Okay, so that's the next thing. I never asked you about the price, did I? Okay, so what are we talking price-wise for an M2? Yeah, um, It's 1,111 Swiss francs. Okay. I have to... Yeah, you, 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 you do the maths. I check what's it in pounds. <laughs> I guess it's I... around um, 900 pounds, a little okay. bit less. Okay, so that is a that is a fear saving against an M. Yeah, that is a fear saving against an M, and that gets you price proximate with the uh, with some of the other uh, detectors out there. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's just possible because um, the M wasn't built for mass production, and this one is much less manual labor to do here in Switzerland that we have to do with the M. So that's why we can build this cheaper than the M. And does it still have the same, let's move the microphone to the side for the moment, but when I pick up my Batlogger M, yeah, it's, it's nice to touch and it feels as if it's a strong cased bat detector, yeah? Is this going to have a similar feel to it, or is it more plasticky, for want of a better word? Um, it also has some rubber at the side, so you can okay. hold it nicely, okay. and it just feels better in the hand due to its form and shape. Okay. So I like this one way more to hold in my hand. And obviously, you've got the headphones and all that's just all the normal things you would expect to be there. Are, yeah. are there, yeah. Um, but it doesn't do external batteries. It would only be plugged with its internal battery. Is that correct? Yeah. Charged with only its, with, yeah. the external uh, with the internal battery. But you yeah. can charge it with a power bank, for example. So yeah. um, you can use it as a static detector. It has a mode on it to do so, okay. but it's not waterproof. So if you do that and it starts raining, might not yeah. be that good. Yeah. So it's kind of like a static, but it's a static that you're going to leave 20 meters away from you while you're doing yeah. something else. It's not a static yeah. that you're going to leave overnight yeah. and come back and get in the morning, unless it's a loft maybe or something like that, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I've, I've actually, despite the fact that I've done a bit of research, um, 
You've actually surprised me there with a few things that I didn't know. So, uh, yeah, that's... Well, that's good we had this talk then. No, it is, it is. We're getting closer to the end of the of the interview now. What, what do you see the future holding? Not, not necessarily for Elecon, but, but just for software development and bad data development, say, five years from now. What do you see the challenges in the future being? Is it going to be better protection? Is it going to be more memory? Is it going to be more function? No. Is it going to be better battery life? Is it going to be something that That's I can't way even too imagine? Simple. It, it needs to have more. So at some point, you just want to have a device that you can put somewhere and afterwards, you know what was recorded without doing any analysis. And of course, that's not going to work in the next couple of years. We yeah. both know that. Not everybody else knows that, but it's just not possible. But yeah. for at least for easy species, you don't need to analyze all those recordings. That could yeah. be done by the device itself. And yeah. then it just sends you a notification on your mobile phone. Hey, Neil, I recorded 12 pipistrellas yesterday. Yeah. So something like this needs to come. Okay. And for the rest, I think um, the devices will get cheaper okay. because yeah. technology is just more advanced now. So it's possible to make cheaper devices so that you can um, have more devices in the field that maybe talk to each other. Okay. So stuff like this should come in the future. Okay. Okay. And I would imagine Elecon are going to be around for many years to come. Yes. I mean, they're still a, a growing, vibrant business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. still a lot of fun making bat detectors. So yeah. we're not going to stop. As an organization, have you considered moving into other species groups like, uh, you know, bird, bird calls, uh, frogs, toads, insects, or? Um, not really other species. We have some ideas in mind, but not that I can talk about them at the okay. moment. Okay. But just yeah. birds, is, it's too simple because birds, it's just recording anything that anyone can hear. And that's not... Yeah, that's not fun enough. <laughs> yeah, it's just just not complicated enough for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. That's what makes it interesting. If, if if it was easy, I think there's a lot of people in the bat world that if it was easy, we just wouldn't be that interested. Because it, it's. I mean, for for me, I remember it was one of the very first bat events I went to. Uh, but I knew nothing about bats. Some people say I still don't know that much, but I knew nothing about bats. And there were two people who I later discovered uh, were very, very good bat workers of, of the time, but I didn't know that at the time because I didn't know who these people were. And they were having an argument with each other about whether they were listening to the Benton's bat or a Natura's bat on a heterodyne bat detector, which is something that most of us now know would be very, very difficult to be that confident about. And they were having this argument, and one was saying it was a Dubentons, another one was saying it was a Natteras, and they actually fell out. They fell out with each other in front of a group of people over it. And, and at that point, I was just hooked because, you know, I was a birder, and to me, I had two guys there, and they were arguing whether or not it was, you know, 
a missile thrush or a song thrush, and they couldn't agree. And at that point, I thought to myself, this is difficult. Yeah, I think this is going to be really interesting. <laughs> so I can totally, I can totally relate to what you're saying there, David. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that's why we need those bad conferences back and have these COVID times over that we can have those discussions again, yeah. live and at the bar after the conference. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I haven't had a, I haven't had a pint for about two years now, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've got to just uh, move on to this. Is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't mentioned yet? Or... Oh, I think that it is. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was us talking about the future there. I, in my excitement, I forgot to press the, the next button on the slide there. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, David, have you enjoyed yourself? Was this, has this been okay for you? That was perfect. Yeah, okay. Well, I've got to say, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, speaking to you and talking back with you. And we've, we've met before, but I uh, definitely feel as if I've got to know you that little bit better uh, than, what, than what I have up until now. And I've certainly got to understand Elecon uh, a little bit better. And I've certainly found out more new stuff about this new bat detector. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you've gained uh, something from the talking bat that we've had today with David Collar of Elecon. Elecon, they also have a website. They've actually got a website dedicated to Bat Explorer and the Bat Logger products. David, I don't want you to, don't hang up just yet, okay? Because I want to talk to you after the interview. But from the point of view of uh, this talking about interview, I'm going to draw things to a close by saying a massive thank you to David at Elecon for giving us his time today and telling us all about himself, Elecon, and their products. It has been a total pleasure. I've absolutely enjoyed talking to you, David. So once again, thank you very, very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And happy bed detecting to all of you. We hope you enjoyed this Talking Bat interview, which is an edited, audio-only version of the original videoed session. The full version, including video, is available via Betability Club, our online training platform. To find out more about Club, go to betability.co.uk. Till next time, thank you. Thank you.